Oak City Move is a podcast on 88.1 WKNC, highlighting people creating positive change in the triangle and beyond. Oak City Move can be heard on air every Monday from 5 to 7 p.m. on 88.1 WKNC or online at wknc.org listen. For episodes and more information, go to our blog at blog.wknc.org or follow us on SoundCloud at WKNC881. My name is Fionn. I'm here for the Oak City Move, which is a weekly program on WKNC. I'm here speaking with Andy from Medic, which is a nonprofit in the area. Andy, thanks for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me. So Andy, give us a quick rundown. What is Medic and what do you do? Yeah, so we uh, started Medic. We're a nonprofit organization based out of Research Triangle Park. Uh, We officially incorporated back in September and officially became a nonprofit as of the end of March. Uh, But we started Medic because we we noticed um, there are a lot of uh, medical innovators in the area, be they physicians, nurses, PAs, professors, student teams, what have you, they were coming up with really great ideas for new biomedical products uh, in the area, but not a lot of those ideas were becoming a reality. And it's not because they're all terrible ideas, it's because there's a lot of work that goes into getting from point A to point B. And while there are a lot of great resources out there for uh, entrepreneurs and innovators, they all require the the person who comes up with the idea to go make use of them. So you can imagine if a, a surgeon has an idea for a new device, uh, all the, the burden is on them to go find resources, find the right talent, so on and so forth. And they typically just don't have uh, enough time. And at the same time, our area has a lot of uh, a large student population that has very unique sets of skills, and there simply aren't enough internships for them out there. And so we kind of decided to uh, solve both these problems in one go with Medic, where we work with these innovators and pair them with student teams sourced from local universities uh, who we train and manage to do that product development work and help them turn that idea into an actual tangible product. And then our executive team helps to find uh, sources of funding to turn that product into a reality and a success. So how did Medic get started? So Medic actually got started at uh, in a class at NC State. Um, we were taking uh, Andrew DeMeo's MedTech ID course, uh, which is a, a graduate-level design course out of the Biomedical Engineering Department. And while we were there, our task in the class was actually to find a medical problem and develop a device to solve that problem, but we kind of went a little bit meta with it. We noticed that um, there were so many great ideas uh, that... that simply weren't coming to fruition because of a lack of time and resources. And so that's kind of where the, the idea for Medic came about. And then f- during that class, we uh, wrote an application for a, a grant from the Research Triangle Foundation, uh, their Catalyst for Innovation program. And we were awarded that, which gives us some office space out of the frontier in RTP and kind of helped us get started. Was your involvement with Medic your your first foray into starting a nonprofit or starting this kind of venture? It, it sort of was. So I did my undergraduate at NC State in biomedical engineering, and I got my first taste of design and my first uh, kind of entry into that world through through our senior design course there, um, where we uh, were working around the area of global health and, and designed a product to help in that, which I can talk about that if you'd like. Um, and so that was kind of my, my first entry way into that. And then uh, this is really my my second go at the design process. And, and, you know, like I was saying, instead of designing a product, we designed a, we went a little meta with it and designed a, a product development group. So with Medic, what kinds of students do you look for to come and help with these projects? We look for students of really as diverse of a background as we can find. We um, traditionally, because we are engineers, those are the the schools that we've been able, we've had connections with and be able to get our students from. 
uh, but we are interested in students of whatever background in any area that can help. Um, a cool thing about what we're doing is when we bring a project in, we can kind of put together a custom team for that. So if we need a design student or some business students or some engineering students, we could reach out and find the right people for the project. What about for companies who are looking for students? How do they get involved with you? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we do work with uh, companies in the area. Uh, we have a project going with United Therapeutics, which is a, a therapeutic company based on Research Triangle Park. And we're working on talks with other companies. Um, and, you know, if, if they're interested in having some design work done for them and interacting with students, they can get into contact with us through our website. Tell me about some projects so far that Medic has seen and helped out with. Yeah, so uh, one of our projects is actually, it it was my senior design project, the one that I talked about earlier. Um, What we identified during that project uh, was that, you know, like I said, we were working in the area of global health and we found, uh, we focused particularly in neonatal care and we found uh, while we toured at Wake Med Hospital that a lot of, uh, almost every premature infant and a lot of infants in general receive what's called phototherapy, uh, which is to treat a condition called hyperbilirubinemia. Um, so your your body naturally produces this chemical called bilirubin. And if it, uh, a lot of times when babies are born, their liver isn't developed enough to process that chemical. And it can build up and cause the skin and eyes to yellow or jaundice. Um, and if it's severe enough, it can cause neurological problems and even uh, death of the infant. And so when we looked at this, we, we thought, you know, how is this being implemented in low and middle income countries and it turns out in a lot of time in a lot of cases it isn't um the the therapy is really simple it's just a blue light that you shine on the the infant's skin and that causes a chemical to turn a certain way so the the infant can excrete it but the units cost four to six thousand dollars a piece and the bulbs that the emit that blue light cost 60 bucks a piece and they're hard to find in low and middle, middle income areas and also requires a constant source of electricity which isn't always feasible and so we developed a uh, a plastic filter and this is my senior design team um we, we developed a, a plastic filter because the, the sun has that blue wavelength in it, and the filter blocks that UV light uh, away and lets the blue light through so it can provide the therapy without any need for electronic components, and it costs about $100 to build. Um, and so we were able to move that project into Medic and through Medic uh, build a couple prototypes and deliver it to a couple hospitals in Guatemala. We actually did that this past January. That's exciting. Yeah. So what's the status on that now? You put them in in January. How's it been going? So we put them in in January. Um, unfortunately, the uh, healthcare system in Guatemala went on strike almost as soon as we left. Um, so the the hospitals are currently closed. And so the idea was when we brought the devices down there, we were going to get some feedback from the hospitals. Unfortunately, we haven't been able to do that. Uh, we're working on finding other places to deliver our device to, uh, to, to get some more relevant feedback um, and Hopefully they'll they'll figure figure things out in Guatemala. So not only were you able to put Medic together, you were also able to use Medic on your own project. Looking at Medic from the standpoint of a user, how mm-hmm. has that been helpful for you? Uh, so from the standpoint of the user, it, it's kind of what allowed it to happen for us because my you know my design team once we graduated, we all kind of parted ways and we tried to continue working on the project, but just didn't really have the time to do it. Once we had Medic put into place, you know, there were resources that we could uh, make use of. We were able to have a space to put together our prototypes um, and just have it. It just allowed me to have the time to actually dedicate to the, the work that needed to be done. So tell me about a project that Medic is working with right now. We're working on a project uh, with uh a girl in North Carolina, uh, her name is Michaela Grace, and her mother actually uh, reached out to us. She got connected to us through the university 
Uh, and she has a condition called arthrogryposis multiplex congenita, or AMC for short. And it's a, a, a joint contracture disease. Uh, so she has a, a buildup of connective tissue in the majority of her joints, and she's not able to uh, bend a lot of her joints. And so her, her arms are mostly immobile at uh, the elbows, and it, it's very restrictive. Um, and so her mother reached out to us looking for any way that uh, we could potentially help out uh, and, and just help her be able, you know, she's only two years old and uh, just find a way to help her play and be a two year old. Um, and so we have a team of students who are working on developing a, uh, a, a device that helps her muscles overcome that connective tissue so she can uh, move her arms around and move her, move around a little bit better. And um, so that, that that's a project that's been very meaningful for us and one that we've really enjoyed working on. And they actually, uh, Michaela has a Facebook page called Prayers for Michaela Grace. Um, so if you want to learn more about her and her condition, you can follow that website. It seems like the collaborative nature of Medic, you know, mm -hmm. with the students and these projects, um, it's beneficial to pretty much everybody. Can you speak on that? Yeah, that that's a big part of our philosophy. I'm, I'm glad you said that because uh, that is a big part of our philosophy. You know, it's, it's the classic phrase, a, a raising tide raises all ships. I think that's how it goes. Um, but th that's a big part of what we're trying to do. We don't want to compete with any existing resources in the area. You know, a lot of times people think like, People ask us, you know, how are you different from an incubator or an accelerator or something like that? And, you know, we we want to work with incubators and accelerators because we work kind of in the, the, the time before you get to an incubator where you kind of have an idea. We helped you develop it to the point where you could utilize a resource like an incubator or an accelerator. And, you know, we want to be seen as a, as a benefit to all these resources in the community and ultimately build North Carolina's uh, resource base. Tell, talk more about like what an incubator and an accelerator is for people don't, who don't know oh, yeah. the process of pushing these projects forward. So an incubator is typically a place where um, a, a young company can reside. They provide space and resources for a company uh, in exchange for uh, some equity stake in the company. Um, an accelerator is uh, similar. It's, it's typically a program that allows uh, a company to, to grow very rapidly. Um, and help build their user base kind of when they're just getting started out. And so they're really great resources for companies that have just started. Um, and and the differentiator of where we're not an incubator is because we kind of work before that part. So like I've said a couple times, the um, you know working with um, an idea, which you can't really start a company around an idea. You have to have something tangible. We get you to that tangible point and get some of that, you know, initial data that you need to collect uh, to to really start a company around that and really uh, get started. So we were talking about your interest in global health. Yeah. And w what is the role that North Carolina plays in global health and how, why does it matter here? Because I've heard a lot of rhetoric that's kind of like, why are we helping people globally when we need to right. be doing stuff here? So right. why does it matter here? I mean, I, I think one thing that people don't really realize is how large of an impact global health has on North Carolina's economy. Um, yeah, I mentioned the event that we did with the, the Triangle Global Health Consortium, and they're a group that is dedicated towards conveying that message. And um, I, I think the last estimate I heard was that uh, global health, and, and you know, you have to fact check this, I don't know if this is 100% right, but the, the impact of uh, global health on North Carolina's economy and global health work is around $2 billion, which is huge. Um, and we have a, a a lot of very large nonprofits based out of North Carolina. I mean, in Durham, there's FHI 360, which is a huge one. Um, Intra Health is really involved in North Carolina, um, and 
you know, it, it's kind of a, a slogan for global health folks, but, uh, you know, global health is local health. Like they're working on problems that also affect rural parts of North Carolina. Um, and, and global health work translates into a lot of the same problems that we have locally. Um, so it, it's, you know, everyone has their different reasons for getting involved, but getting involved because it doesn't help North Carolina is not really a valid reason. And it's also really interesting to me like, that we have such a huge community, and I didn't even know what public health and global health was until about a year ago. Yeah. Um, I guess I was under the impression that, I mean, I'm I'm in an agriculture major. Mm-hmm. How does that contribute to health or medicine? In my head, I was like, you got to be a doctor. Uh-huh. You got to be a surgeon. You got to be someone like that to get involved with this. But it shows that we have so many companies like this that you don't just have to be a doctor. You can be anybody yeah. getting involved with this kind of thing. Yeah. And agriculture is a huge part of global health, too. I mean, it's, you know, the whole food security issue is ginormous. Um, right. So, you you know, anyone can get involved in a meaningful way in global health efforts and not only help the the global global needs and global economy, but also our local economy and local needs. So Medic started back in September, so it's relatively new. So looking back on it, what has been going really well for you and what are some things that you'd like to improve? Yeah, so I I think we've done a really good job of of finding projects and proving that what we're doing is uh, valuable and needed by the community. Uh, we've had physicians approach us from across the state. We actually had a physician from Mission Hospital in Asheville uh, come out to visit us uh, to talk about some ideas that he had. And I think that's great because we kind of, in the first year, we wanted to prove that what we were doing was actually something needed by the community. I think we've done a great job of that. Uh, we haven't done as good of a job of translating that into uh, fundraising efforts. And that's kind of our, our big focus over the summer is to start working more on that side of things um, and and developing that area and do our, do some better marketing work, things like that. You mentioned that you've had projects pitched to you and people have ideas that just never seem to happen. Could you talk about some of the barriers that you've noticed and give any advice to people who may be hitting these roadblocks? Yeah, uh, a big barrier when uh, people have ideas like this is just the, the time and the resources that it takes. Um, especially in the area that we're working in, the the medical space, it's very tough even for someone who knows what they're doing to get a product to market. Um, and, you know, that there are a whole host of reasons as to why that happens. Uh, you know, you have to worry about the FDA when you're developing medical devices. You have to worry about how it's going to be reimbursed when you, put in, when you actually put it into the hospital, uh, things like that. And so there, there's a lot to learn. And I think as far as advice that I would give to to others that are that have ideas and want to develop them is um, find find the right people to help. I mean, you, you have to kind of identify what your strengths and weaknesses are and figure out where the gaps in your knowledge are. Um, like I said, there are resources out there to help. And uh, if if you have the time to make use of them, they they're really great and they and they do help. Um, the biggest part of it, I would say, is finding the right team and finding the right people to help you out. So what are some things that you've learned during your time? putting Medic together. You know, you started it from scratch and it's been a few months now. So tell me about that. Yeah. Um, Medic has been my, my first real entrepreneurial endeavor. And so I've, I've been saying, you know, it's, it's kind of like earning a, a street MBA. Um, so th- we've had to learn a lot. And um, the biggest thing for me is, you know, 
with any company you're starting, even if it's a nonprofit, you have to be thinking about how you're going to make it sustainable and how how you're going to raise funds. And it's very easy, I think, when you're starting a nonprofit to be so focused on the mission and making that happen that uh, things like fundraising can fall to the wayside, like they kind of have for us for the for the past year. And it, it's important that you don't let that happen and that you uh, keep that in mind and figure out ways to make your company sustainable. Because while we do all you know, the, obviously the mission is why we do it, and that's what we're interested in uh, changing. But uh, if you can't figure out how to make it sustainable, you can only focus on that mission for so long before funds just dry up. What are some challenges that you faced with Medic in the past few months? I know mm-hmm. you said fundraising has been one. Has yeah. there been anything else in particular? Other things that I think we've uh, had challenges with is just getting our name out there and uh, you know clearly and concisely conveying what it is that medic does um because everyone in our organization basically is uh an engineer of some sort and uh you know i don't like to to talk about stereotypes but the stereotypical engineer is not great at messaging and marketing and things like that and it is something that we have struggled with uh and we're we're working to do a better job of um but clearly and concisely conveying the mission of a nonprofit is not an easy thing to do. That was going to be one of my questions. Um yeah. as an engineer, you know, going into the entrepreneurship world, how has that been like working with your major but jumping into something that seems completely different? Yeah, I mean it, it's definitely tough and unless you go and find the right courses and the right resources as a student, you probably won't learn a lot of those entrepreneurial skills they're they're great resources at nc state to learn that uh but i didn't personally make use of them because when i was a undergraduate i thought i was going to be a research scientist and get a phd and eventually be a professor and i've obviously taken a, a very different route um but i think you know with, with an engineering degree at the end of the day what they're trying to teach you to do is how to solve problems and when you're starting a company it's a lot of solving problems from day to day and you know figuring out prioritizing tasks, figuring out what's the most important thing to figure out today, what's the most important thing to do, and just trying to figure out how you're going to solve all the problems that you need to solve to, to make your company successful. So you mentioned using resources, and while you mm-hmm. didn't use the ones at NC State, what are some things that have helped you along the way with Medic? So the the Research Triangle Foundation has been a, a great help for us, and um, the, the, the grant that we got through then, the Catalyst for Innovation grant, was very helpful. And also, um, an earlier source of funding that kind of went into the class that I took uh, was from the, the Leinberger Cancer Center, and that was also very helpful. And it's not that, as an undergraduate, I didn't make use of uh, a lot of the resources NC State has. As a graduate student, I did a better job of that. Um, I, you know, I took um, that the class that I mentioned earlier, Andrew DeMeo's MedTech ID course, um, and, and that really helped me learn a lot of the skills that I needed for uh, what I'm doing today. Tell me about the process that you go through teaching students and giving them the resources to help out the people on your projects, because you mentioned Mm -hmm. the education aspect. Yeah, yeah. Education is a big part of what we do. Um, Since we are working with students, um, we, we really want to show our student interns what it looks like to actually work at a medical device company. Um, And so, you know, the ways that we do that, um, it doesn't sound super exciting, but we have a lot of, you know, with every medical device company, you have to have a quality manual system, uh, which is like FDA regulation type work. And you have to have that to develop medical devices. And we're working on putting all that documentation together. So any project we have, they uh, the, the teams are actually going through the real process they would have to do to, to, to make an FDA approved product. Um, and we're also, you know, putting together uh, educational content around just general innovative thinking, 
the entrepreneurial mindset. Uh, we do innovation challenges. We actually just did one with the Triangle Global Health Consortium um, where they had uh, global health students and professionals identify problems that they've noticed uh, through their work and develop solutions over the course of the semester. And we're interested in doing more educational work like that. So I guess that's actually how I met you in the first place, the, yeah. uh, the medic boot camp. Can you tell me about what that was like on your end and some of the projects that you saw come out of that? Yeah. So uh, like I said, it started with uh, we, we had uh, global health professionals and students at a, a Triangle Global Health Consortium event um, sign up and they basically started with nothing. I mean, uh, you, you took a part of it. We didn't feed you guys any specific problems. We kind of gave you general area to work in. So, uh, you know, your team worked around um, tracking disease vectors um, and trying to use that, use environmental data to track disease vectors um, to prevent the spread of disease before it actually gets to an area. Um, and the other uh, general area we had people work in was uh, building general, uh, either general maternal or uh, neonatal devices uh, cheaply and efficiently uh, so they can be applicable to low middle income areas. Um, and so the team started with those general areas and and it was on them to identify uh, more focused problems. Uh, and they did that by talking with global health professionals that we helped connect them with. Um, and once they identified those problems, we kind of took them through the innovation process. So, uh, you know, developing what's called a need statement, which is a one sentence uh, or it, it's one sentence that clearly and concisely conveys the problem and has a some sort of measurable metric to it. Uh, did brainstorming and all the way up to uh, talking about different prototyping resources that are available um, for innovators. And so we, we went through that process with these teams. And at the end, we had uh, two projects that actually presented at the Switchpoint conference. Um, so there was there was your team, which was the the Skeeter trackers, and you developed a and you know you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, because but uh, developed a system to track the movement of mosquitoes in Bur Burundi, correct? Um, using environmental data to help identify the the risk level of uh, transmission of diseases on any given day, uh, based on just weather data. Uh, the other team developed a concept for a a, a belt to provide resources um, or to provide. Uh, healthcare information for uh, expecting mothers. So it's a, a belt that can take ultrasound, measure blood pressure, glucose levels, things like that. Uh, data that's vital to identifying uh, mothers who are at risk for uh, complicated births and potentially needing to, to have a C-section. Have you had feedback on the program so far? Or medic as a whole, but... Yeah, the, um, the feedback from the, the boot camp seemed pretty positive. Um, you can tell me if you liked it or hated it. Um, but... We got pretty good feedback, and uh, I was pretty impressed with the the team's presentations at Switchpoint. Um, and I, I believe some of the t uh, I believe your team may be continuing developing the product, or at least has put the product on uh, GitHub, right? Mm -hmm. Thinking about Medic and like looking into your future, where do you want Medic to go? So our vision for Medic is to basically have it be a hub for innovation in the in the biomedical space. So my grand vision of what it'll look like, you know. Five, 10 years down the road, I would love to see a place where we have members from local companies, um, members from academia, from healthcare institutions, as well as students all kind of in the same room working on developing new ideas and new products together. And, 
you know, building that sort of innovative community and that innovative mindset into our community to just really pump up the the amount of products that we're developing. And and I would like us to have a, a statewide reach. Right now we're you know we're we're starting small, kind of doing it the the grassroots way, focusing around the the research triangle area, but. We are very much interested in uh, working with people across the state um, in any area. So I want to talk about you. And Mm -hmm. so you have an engineering background, but what got you interested in public health? So my interest in public health really stemmed from that design project. Um, Before then, like I said, I I thought I was going to be a tissue engineering scientist in academia. uh, And I didn't really doubt that vision I think until I was on that design project, and and while I was on that, I actually had the opportunity to visit Guatemala, visit some of those hospitals that we eventually delivered uh, prototypes to, and uh, you know help out with their local clinic. And it 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 really opened my eyes, I think, um, just to to the possibilities in public health and kind of what that world is. It was not something I'd considered, and it's honestly something I did on a whim as a, as a senior. I just thought, oh, that that sounds like it might be fun, not expecting it to turn into a real passion of mine thinking about the triangle specifically mm-hmm. how what is medic's role here and like why here and i mean i yeah. know you live here but <laughs> how has the ecosystem here contributed to what medic is doing yeah i mean a, a big part of it is the universities we have here i mean having a university like unc duke and nc state kind of with this research triangle park area sandwiched in between is uh it, it kind of naturally makes it a hotbed for innovation. And there are a lot, there's a really big potential that I don't think has uh, been realized yet um, in, in getting all of these groups to collaborate together. And so the universities are a big part of it. Um, you know, North Carolina does a pretty good job in the, the biotech space, and there are some medical device companies in the area. And I think we can ultimately, through the, the community that we're trying to build, hopefully recruit more and develop more companies. Uh, so we've talked about why you're interested in public health, but why is innovation in the biomedical field important to you? Yeah, so innovation in healthcare and in biomedical engineering, uh, the, the reason why I'm, I'm so passionate about that is kind of how I got introduced to the idea of biomedical engineering in the first place. So when I was in high school, uh, back in the day, um, I, I play a lot of sports and I, I tore my ACL a couple of times in my left knee. And, uh, you know, the first time I got ACL repaired, it was, you know, standard procedure, uh, all went fine. It, it's still, you know, it's, it's a pretty, it's a lot of work to, to rehabilitate, but it, it all went smoothly. The second time I got uh, what's called osteomyelitis or bone infection. Um, and so instead of just having, you know, standard uh, physical therapy to rehabilitate my knee, I had to get, uh, what's called a, a pick line put in, which is a permanent IV line that they wire from your arm to right above your heart. And I had to get antibiotics pumped through my entire body three times a day for a month and a half, um, which was really painful and was a, a pretty intense experience. But the alternative is amputating the the infected area of the, the leg. Um, and so while it was painful, you know, those innovations are – basically what allowed me to keep a part of my leg, which obviously I'm fond of. Um, and so that was kind of my, my first uh, entryway into it. And actually now Medic has a project uh, where we're working on improving uh, that process even further so you don't have to have uh, those systemic antibiotics pumped through you so much. How have you healed up? 
I'm doing fine now. That's great. Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, my, you know, I, I can tell when it's about to rain because my knee gets sore. But other than that, I'm pretty good. Is that real? Really? Yeah, that's a thing. Oh, wow. Is what's the, is there like a scientific like reason behind that or is that just like something you've noticed? There might be, but I don't know it off the top of my head. That's crazy. Um, it's it's a common thing for people with joint pain to to feel it. It's something about the humidity, I guess, or the pressure of the air. Um, it might also be a placebo effect because that's like a common wives tale that I was told. So who knows? Throw it back to me and girls. Yeah. There's a 30% chance it's already raining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So tell me, what do you love about Medic? What do you love about what you're doing right now? I I love that I get to work in this early stage of, uh, you know, concept development. Um, I really enjoy the early parts where you don't really know what you like. You know what the problem is, but you don't really know how you're going to solve it. And you have to come up with new off the wall ways to do that. Maybe, you know, looking at on completely unrelated fields and trying to find analogs between the two and things like that. That That's the part of innovation and product development that I really enjoy. And so getting to take part in that and just, you know, a lot of what I do is brainstorming and that's something I really enjoy. Spoken like a true engineer. Yeah. Very <laughs> nerdy, right? <laughs> Looking forward, what are you excited for? Um, I'm, I'm excited to, uh, move forward and scale up medic um right now i'm the only full-time employee um so i'm kind of taking on all roles and i'm not the type of person that likes to work in a room by themselves um so I, i'm really looking forward to scaling it up and being able to build out uh, what we're able to do um having someone who can kind of be dedicated to uh managing the projects we have in-house and then having someone else who can go and recruit new projects is really what will help uh, push us forward and, and, you know, building the connections that we, we've already started to build a pretty uh, great network in the area, but being able to continue building that out, going out and meeting new people. Uh, I'm really excited about that. So looking back, can you think of any specific really happy or really exciting moments that you've had working with Medic? Yeah, um, definitely. I think, I think the, the biggest moment was when we found out we got our first grant uh, from the the Research Triangle Foundation, I mentioned a couple of times. We um, before then, it was just kind of an idea that we had come up with in a class, and you know, we thought there was something to it, but weren't really sure where it was going to go. And we basically were at the point where you know, if we don't get the grant, it'll be an idea. You know, maybe two, three years down the road, we'll keep mulling on it and see what happens. Uh, but as soon as we got that grant, it was like, whoa, we we're doing this like it's going to happen now. Um, and, you know, we, we found out we got the grant a couple weeks later. We met with the the foundation and all of a sudden we were a thing. Um, and that was really exciting for me. It's kind of that, that first realization. And um, that that was probably the the a big happy moment for me. What kind of advice do you have for someone who is looking to start from scratch their own nonprofit like Medic, yeah. but doesn't have that kind of experience or background? Um. My biggest advice, I think, is if you have an area or something that you're passionate about, um, just dive into it with everything you have. I, I think it's it's very easy to kind of, you know, think about taking some risk and think about, oh, one day I'll do that thing. And I'm not saying you have to, you know, right now drop out of school and go, you know, start it, uh, but, you know the the times where I've been able to grow the most are when I was able to take 
risk and dive into the things I was interested in. I did as an undergrad where I, you know, I, I thought I was interested in research and I dove into a research lab and put as much time as I possibly could. And ultimately that wasn't what I ended up doing, but it led to where I am today. And it's kind of how I was able to get to the point that I'm at today. Um, and then, you know, again with medic, I dove into it and I don't know everything at all. Some might argue I don't know anything at all, but, um, you learn really fast and you, and you have to. And, and I think just taking that risk kind of gives you the ability to do that. And finally, how can people get involved with medic and what kinds of people can get involved with medic? Yeah, we, anyone who's interested in the medical area is welcome to get involved with medic. You don't have to have an engineering background. You don't have to have any particular background. As long as you're interested in medicine, we're happy to talk to you. Um, if you're interested in finding out more, you can go on our website. Uh, there's a, a contact form, and it's not one of those contact forms where you submit something and it goes into the abyss. It goes directly into my inbox. So you'll get an email from me um, if you contact me through that. Um, and that, that that's the best way to get in contact with us through the website. Uh, what is the website? Oh, I should say that, shouldn't I? <laughs> uh, it's medic-nc.org. What are some ways people can help out medic? <laughs> yeah, so uh, ways that people can help out Medic is just through uh, volunteering. If you reach out to me, there are plenty of opportunities to get involved, as well as uh, donating if you're if you're able to. What does volunteering entail? So volunteering for Medic can it can be a couple different things. Um, you can volunteer and work on our individual projects, which if you have any particular uh, area of expertise and you know technical technical expertise, business, design, anything really can be useful towards product development. Um, so you can help out with our projects. Um, you can help out with uh, Medic at Large as well. We're working on, over the summer, starting up our fundraising campaign um, and, and donation campaign, sponsorship campaign, things like that. And there are plenty of areas where uh, we could use help.